Thank you, darling. If you have your Bible today, would you turn with me to 1 Kings 17? It's over in the Old Testament on page 488. I don't know where it is in your Bible. 1 Kings 17, beginning in verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get thee away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go ye to Zarephath. Ahab had been a very wicked man. I'm sure you know that from just a a smattering of reading in the Old Testament. He had built high altars to heathen gods. Uh, He didn't believe in the real God, Jehovah. He believed in false gods. He had married Jezebel, who served Baal, B-A-A-L. Baal was a false fertility god. And all the Canaanites just thought Baal was the neatest thing going. As Ahab's wife, she had become a tyrant. She had moved her way into positions of authority. As the king's wife, uh, she corrupted him. And then she was able to corrupt the people of that whole area, promoting pagan worship. One truth which emerges from Jezebel's life is that God always balances the scales of justice. You know, things might go badly for a period of time, but after a period of time, they turn around. And the Lord brings righteousness, and they eventually triumph over the forces of evil. You've noticed, I'm sure, that we don't have anybody here in the church, any ladies, that are named Jezebel. (laughs) I have never met anybody named Jezebel. Ahab was such a horrible king. The scriptures say that he did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel, than all the kings put together before him. He was horrible, just horrible. With Ahab and Jezebel leading the nation, there were, of course, wicked, wicked days. The believers in God were forced out, were forced down, were imprisoned, were killed. It was just a horrible time. Ahab and Jezebel toured the country. 
They just turned it away from the Lord God. They told everybody, Jehovah is not God. Baal is. Baal worship, which became predominant during those days, was basically a farming religion. If the rains fell and everybody was doing well on the farm, then everybody just praised Baal, thanked him for what uh, was going on. Of course, in that day, most people were in agriculture. Most people were farmers. So they were real, real interested in, in the rain. If it was a bad year, then Baal was angry about something, and they would all ask themselves, what have we done to offend Baal? If enough moisture came to the worshipers, uh, they thanked Baal and were so happy that Baal was in a good mood. If a man's farm was hit by some kind of blight, then Baal was to be blamed. It hadn't been long since the Jews had conquered Canaan, and many of the people in that whole area thought of Jehovah as just a god of war. And if you wanted to go to war, get Jehovah on your side, because he can win wars. They all knew about what had happened at Jericho, where the children of God marched around, around and the walls fell down. They weren't pushed down. They weren't knocked down by some storm or something. The walls just fell down, and everybody knew that. They knew it was because Jehovah God was leading his people and caused those walls to fall. They all knew about the wonderful military victories at Ai under the banner of Jehovah. When Elijah came to Ahab, the prophet walks right into the room where Ahab, Ahab was. And he said, it's not going to rain until I say so. And then he turned around and left. That's all he said. Well, uh, these people needed to know, as we need to know today, that the same God that we worship is the one who runs things. You know, we don't get a new God every hundred years. There's one God. The same God that was in charge then is in charge now. Well, they needed to know that Jehovah was not just a God of war, but that he was a God for their complete lives. We need to realize today that God is not just for his people during war and during hurricanes, and during plagues, and during bad news that spreads across the country. We need to know that we shouldn't be trying to manipulate God at marriages, and funerals, and sad things in public gatherings. Jehovah is not just a God for Sunday. He's a God for every day of the week for every day of the month, for every day of the year. He wants to be the Lord of all of our lives, not just a little sliver of it, a little section of it, but all of our lives. God wants to reign completely through us, in us, for the blessing of mankind. We should have no other gods before him. 
This point was dramatically brought home in Israel that very day. Because guess what happened? The dew and the rain stopped. The next day when Ahab woke up that morning, he uh, put on his toga or whatever it was that he wore, and he walked outside as he did every morning, put his foot down on the grass, and he noted no dew had fallen. It was dry. The ground was perfectly dry. He quickly then looked up into the sky to see the clouds. There wasn't a cloud in the sky, not one. Then he became, of course, uh, to have a dread fear coming over his life. Many had heard what Elijah had said. It wasn't just Ahab that heard that uh, defining moment. A lot of people heard it. And when they came out of their house and they put their foot down on the dry ground, they thought, oh, no, what he said is coming true. And they looked up into the sky, no clouds anywhere, and they thought, this is not good. This is not good. Every one of them realized that Baal didn't have one thing to do with this. This was almighty Jehovah God. There are many faces of evil in our world today. We all know that. We read the papers and watch TV. We don't hear about Baal. You know why? Because there never was a God named Baal. That was just made up in some people's minds. We do hear today about honor killings by radical Muslims. We do know of pornography which has swept over our country. Many polls and surveys say that half of the men in America uh, watch pornography every week. Half of the men in America. That means that one or two in here have. That's what that means. We know the evilness of socialism. We're aware of that, where people turn to the government for everything, and they don't look to God, they don't look to Jesus, they don't look to the Holy Spirit. You know, during this last uh, presidential campaign, uh, Bernie Sanders was an avowed socialist, and he, you know, prompted everybody else to be a socialist. Well, I notice that in the last month, he hasn't said anything about Venezuela. In Venezuela, where socialism had control of everything, the government has fallen apart, the military has fallen apart, the businesses have been either wrecked or burned, the stores have all been robbed of all the food, and everybody is looking for some food in their neighbor's garbage can because they're starving to death in Venezuela. Some people are killing each other for just a bite of food. Socialism is a very, very evil thing that we don't want to spread out across our land. One of the greatest Baptist preachers ever, Dr. R.G. Lee, 
Anybody in here ever hear R.G. Lee preach? A few hands are up. You have to be a little older to have heard him. I heard him. Uh, In fact, I heard him two or three times. He had a very, very famous sermon called Payday Someday. And uh, one of these days, I don't know when, I'm going to, I'm going to, on a Sunday, I'm going to have us hear that sermon. I think it's about an hour and 15 minutes long. (laughs) It's uh, supposed to be, uh, a lot of polls have been taken about these kind of things, the finest sermons ever been preached in America. And, uh, you know, you might want to hear that. He said there are more isms in America that ought to be wasms than any other place in the world. We need a daily faith in the Lord, a consistent, in-depth faith in Almighty God. Not a faith that is just present for social occasions, for Easter, and family reunions. I have a funny true story about a church in Texas years ago. They had a revival in that church every August. They had one revival every year. It was in August, the last week of August. The preacher would come in and preach on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and, uh, and then Sunday morning it would close out. Well, that was the way that church did it every year. There was a lady in that church that wouldn't come to church all year. For 11 months, you'd never see her. But when it was time for the revival on that Sunday, when it started Sunday morning, she'd be there. And she'd walk around, make sure everybody saw her. And, uh, and she would sing real loud, and she would do a lot of different things. Well, she would kind of get into the spirit of the thing. And she would start uh, saying things in the service. Uh, This had kind of gone on for years. This was the pattern of this lady in this church. On one particular year, she got up to do the thing that she did every year about three-fourths of the way through the week. She would stand up and say, Lord, fill me up. Fill me up, Lord. And real loud, where everybody in church uh, could hear it. An older gentleman that had been there all these years, sat in the very back row of the church. He had watched this year after year after year after year, and he didn't like it. And he thought it was uh, kind of a show deal, and uh, he didn't like it at all. So on this particular year, when this same lady gets up, same night, to say the same thing, fill me up, Lord, fill me up, this man in the back had had it. He had a strong voice. He said, don't do it, Lord. She leaks. (laughs) The Lord wants us to have a faith every day, not just uh, on a few days of the year, on every day. The Lord wants us to worship him regularly. The Lord wants us to stand with him, whatever the cause might be. If, it's, if there's a side and one side is God's side, to get on his side and to stand with him. Elijah was sent to the brook Cherith in Jabbok by God 
to sort of sit out the drought. Elijah had been a man of faith, of great faith. As we watch the life of Elijah, we learn so many wonderful lessons about faith. Elijah starts toward the wilderness under the direction of God. He finally reaches the brook Cherith, and the Lord tells him to sit down. Sit down right there. Every day was a day of faith. As Elijah would watch the brook Cherith get lower and lower and lower. There was no dew. There was no rain that was falling in the land. At first, Elijah wondered, well, how am I going to get food? He was concerned about that, of course. The ravens came and brought him food. And then Elijah wondered, well... Are they going to come back tomorrow? And they did. And they brought him food. But Elijah never faltered in his faith. There was a little trickle by this time of water going down uh, the brook uh, Cherith. And he would reach down and get a little water and uh, take that into his mouth, swallow it. Eat a little bit of that food that the ravens had brought. Elijah was living before God in complete trust. And when finally the brook ran dry, guess where Elijah was? He was sitting right there waiting on a word from the Lord. I wish all of us could have this kind of daily trust and faith in God. Sometimes people give the Lord a week or so to to do what they want him to do. And if he doesn't do it, then they go the worldly way. They say, well, the Lord didn't help me, so I'm going to go over here and do this. Well, it's as if some people want to put God on the clock. They say, Lord, I'm going to give you a week, or I'm going to give you a month. And if this doesn't happen, then I'm going to go with the world. They are basically saying, hurry up, God, and do what I want you to do. God doesn't respond well to that kind of thing. Elijah gives us a great model here of faith and trust in God. He does life God's way, not the world's way. When the children of God were in the wilderness... You remember the Lord provided for them manna every day. You remember that? Manna came. They didn't make it. Uh, They couldn't have done that. There weren't the utensils. There weren't the uh, natural elements present that they could make meals out of. The Lord gave them manna every day. By the brook Cherith, the Lord brought food to Elijah every day. You remember in the New Testament when Jesus was out Uh, walking around and teaching and preaching, and they got pretty far away from uh, the town, pretty far away from where they had been. And these people had walked a long way, and they were listening very carefully. All of a sudden, it started getting dark. Nobody had any food. Jesus said, find out if there's any food. They found uh, two little fish, five little loaves. And the Lord multiplied those, and everybody ate. We think there were thousands of people there. They all ate. They had food that was provided 
by the Lord. Christ provided for those who are following after him. The Lord cares for those who trust in him every day. We need to be faithful every day to pray, to look at our Bible, to study our Bible, to try and memorize a little of our Bible, to attend the worship services of his church. We need faith every day, no matter what the circumstances are. No matter if the brook that brings us water finally gets like the brook Cherith and runs out of water, we need to be there waiting on directions from the Lord. Elijah stayed right there until the brook dried up. Here's a great scene of faith. Elijah is not next door trying to figure out what he's going to do. He isn't talking to the wandering nomad uh, groups that walked right by him there and trying to kind of get a second plan in case the first one doesn't work out. He's doing exactly what God says. When the brook is dry, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, Arise and get thee to Zarephath. And then Elijah moves, and not until then. Elijah had been faithful. God was leading him. Maybe the Lord is saying to you today, you've been sitting long enough. You need to get up. You need to be actively involved in some kind of ministry. You need to be inviting your friends and your neighbors to the house of the Lord that they might hear about the word of God and the wonderful plan that Jesus has for every one of us. We need to focus on something that will really make a difference for the kingdom. I've always thought that we needed a valet service. You know, some of our folks, it's hard for them to walk. And we need to have it where they can pull up right here in front of the church. And we have some men that go and and park, especially if it's raining. They go park the cars and then bring back the keys to the people. And then when they leave, give the keys to the people and they go get their cars and bring them right up to the front door. I think that would be a great ministry. We ought to do that. I think we ought to have a softball team that uh, plays in these leagues around here. I think that would be a tremendous witness and testimony for the Lord. I really do. If we could do that and our guys weren't cussing and screaming and fighting, uh, you know, it would be a great testimony for the Lord. That's really what we, that's a way that we could have a great witness. Can't you just see it? The Trinity Tigers. (laughs) Going right out there to win the game. Maybe for some here today, the Lord is calling you to trust in Christ. He's calling you to join his church. He's calling you to rededicate your life to the living Christ. Whatever he's calling you to do, he wants you to do it as you have faith in God. I'm going to stand out at the front. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. If you want to do these things that I've mentioned, trust in Christ, join the church, rededicate your life, whatever it might be, just slip out, slip forward, and take a stand for Jesus today. Let's stand as we sing together.